Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And it's just us today. It is. It is a rainy, rainy Friday, and we are recording. So if you hear some soothing, melodic rains, that's the background noise. It's not soothing, actually. It's like epic, like world is ending kind of rain. It's more soothing down here than it is at my apartment. My apartment's leaking right now. Oh, my God. The continued saga of our luxury shanty. Yes. Well, I found three dead cockroaches today. Oh, wow. One was under my bed, which was I was like going to get the cat, and I got like a surprise treat when I tried to find him. Our apartment's really outdoing itself today. Uh-huh. It looks so nice on Instagram. It is nice. It is nice. In We're very lucky. We have decor. It is big. We've decorated our apartments to within an inch of their lives. It is an old building. It is an old, old building, and it's kind of gross. Yeah. But But it's cute and it's big. And we are so lucky to be in these big apartments during a pandemic. Oh, my God, yes. Where I think back to my little old studio. I used to live in a studio in Murray Hill. and With that loft bed. With a loft bed. And I was in my 30s climbing a ladder every night to go to bed. So every day I, like, thank God that I have a king-size bed in a nice apartment. But sometimes I'm just like, it would be nice not to find a dead cockroach when I wake up in the morning. We nice if my apartment wasn't taking on water. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I do feel lucky because I w- there's no way I would have weathered this pandemic in that old studio. So I feel like we had a lot of pandemic topics and then we kind of got a little back to normal content. But now I feel like we're back in it. So we're back in it. Today, we're having an episode all about having a quarantine summer and yeah. what that means and ideas to keep yourself entertained and how we're coping and general updates. Yeah. But first, let's do highs and lows. Okay. What's your high this week? I have three to four highs. Oh, wow. You're doing great. I'm doing great. I have a lot to be excited about right now. First thing, last weekend, Rachel called me on Sunday, my rom-com pods co-creator, and she's like, I have a surprise for you. I was like, oh, great. What? And she made us a whole website which is super cute. It's romcompods.com. But unbeknownst to me, she got our graphic designer, Natasha, to design all of this merch for us that is so cute. That's so cute. So we have a little merch store, and I'm so excited about it. I love that. And a lot of people have DM'd me to ask if we'll do bad on paper merch. And maybe I kind of want to use this as a dry run and see how it goes. But it's so cute. I'm so excited. Oh, that's great. And unfortunately, it doesn't ship. It's kind of like your Amazon collection where everyone orders and then they produce it. So it doesn't ship till early August. So I'm anxiously awaiting mine. Very exciting. So that's my first one. My second one is also rom-com pods related. So we're very much knee deep in season two. And I told you it's an election themed romance. You being everyone. Grace knows what the whole story. And the other clue I'll give you is that there's a singer in it as one of the characters. And we're talking to some like actual singers about being in it. I don't know if it'll work out, but it's fun. Like it feels like it's this one is like bigger and better. And I don't know. I'm so excited for October already. That's so fun. So that's my second one. My third one, my third and fourth can be combined. So you and I have had two very delightful outings. We have. In the past week. So last weekend was the 4th of July. We went out um, we went into the city and we went to um, the new Dante in the West Village. So pretty. Which is one of my favorite restaurants in Greenwich Village, but they have a new location and they have a huge outdoor patio that they've kind of like taken over some space in the street. And we had a blast. We like 
we had cocktails. It was so nice. It felt not normal, but it, it did. It felt like a semblance of normalcy to just be like sitting outside at a restaurant. Yeah. And then last night, our other sorority house member, Alex, texted us at like 6.30 and she was like, hey, does anyone want to go to Brooklyn Crab tonight? And Brooklyn Crab is like a shanty. So it's on our level. Yeah. Um, it's a shanty out in Red Hook that it has all outdoor seating and they have like all different kinds of seafood, like crab legs, crab rolls, everything like that. And it's it's so fun. Like in the past, it's like a great place to go during the day on like a summer Saturday or Sunday. So we'd been talking about going this weekend, but the weather was supposed to suck. So instead, we spur of the moment went last night and we were like, okay, let's meet at 645 and we're just going to go. Alex has a car. So we drove over there. It was so fun. It felt like we were talking about it while we were there. We were like, it feels like being on a vacation. Yeah, it actually felt like summer. Yeah, like we were, it's right by the water. So we could see the water and it was nice out. And we were like sitting and eating crab legs outside. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. Just having those couple of outings just made me feel like a new person. Yeah, it's been good to get out a little bit. That's my high was our Brooklyn Crab adventure. We had this thing called the Royale. It was $135 and it had snow crab, Alaskan king crab, Dungeness crab, and a pound and a quart of 1.2 pound lobster, which was delicious. So yummy. So that was definitely- We destroyed it. It was so fun. We definitely destroyed it. My other high is just work has been picking up. I've had a lot of stuff going on, which is exciting. It's always, I say this all the time, there's always that anxiety of being self-employed that like- Things are going to dry up and <laughs> things are doing well. So it's good. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, what about Lowe's? I have two. No, well, I mean, one is actually real. One is that my house is leaking, which is not awesome. And our super won't call me back. So there's just like a lot of towels in the hallway outside my bathroom right now where he doesn't call, the roof He is doesn't leaking. like to call us back. Yeah. My, my toilet is leaking like just slightly. So it's not really a huge deal, but it's annoying. And he won't call me back. Cool. Cool, cool. So uh, that's not great. But then the low that I have in our outline, which is not a real low, is I was talking um, two, two weeks ago, I guess, about how jean shorts are seriously eluding me. And so I got a ton of recommendations from you all of different jean shorts. And I ordered three more pairs since I talked about it on the last episode. None of them work for various reasons. Ugh. So I'm going to start a, a chain in the Facebook group because I feel like people have DM'd me one-off recs, but then I can't find them again. But I'm, you know, I only want to buy like three pairs at a time until I can try them and figure out if they work. So yeah, my jean shorts situation is uh, not ideal. Oh, that's annoying. What's your low? My low is dramatic. I just, um, I have a really big sense of dread. I think that it's been brought on by the weather and the fact that it's been really gross and we've had to stay inside more. I am really dreading what fall, especially winter, could bring if we're still quarantined. I don't think I can make it through another New York winter like if we're stuck inside. like, And I feel like I'm being really dramatic and I, I recognize this. I miss my parents so badly. I like do not like that I don't know when I'll see them again. I'm furious that our like I've I, I was really accepting of the whole situation at the beginning of the summer and I feel like I've handled quarantine pretty well. But like we had a family vacation. We're not going. Like I'm just really feeling very over it and very negative about quarantine. And like, I think it's also been brought on because things have been getting a little bit better and I just worry that it's going to get taken away from us. And so I'm just really feeling like a lot of dread about a potential second wave and what winter could look like. Yeah. I, I feel like you're not alone. I, I know 
a lot of people, and I've read news articles as well, that a lot of people are feeling very over the city yeah. living here during quarantine. And I don't know like what it means. Like I, I hope that things will just improve and we'll be able to eventually like things will open up. In the meantime, I'm like, well, I better fucking get my hair cut now while salons will reopen because I don't know when, like what if they close down again, you know? So I'm just not feeling great about the whole situation. One high is that I'm seeing my sister this weekend and Zoe, my my niece, who is my favorite human in the world. So I'm really excited about that. Yay. Yeah. So let's take a quick desperation minute before we get into the episode. If you are enjoying this podcast and we're giving you some quarantine entertainment, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot of yourself listening to this podcast and share it on your Instagram story. Doesn't matter how many followers you have, you could have five. Hearing about it from somebody you trust is the best way for us to spread the word about the podcast. Exactly. So having a quarantine app. It's been a minute since we've talked about quarantine yeah. and our feelings and what things are like. So maybe let's start with what things are like in New York City Yeah. now. And, and I, I just want to caveat this whole episode to say all of this is incredibly specific to our experience in where we live in the city and recognizing that what is safe in one place might not be safe in another. And everyone's feelings are completely individual on what their comfort level is with certain things. So, you know, if you're living somewhere where um, the virus is surging right now, follow all your state and local guidelines. Do not say, well, Grace and Becca said they're doing XYZ, so I'm going to do XYZ. That's, yeah. we want to share our experience, but at the same time, we are not experts. We are not public health officials. So um, please take into account the situation where you are. Exactly. And I think New York has been a little bit ahead of things. Like we were all on lockdown way before everyone else and everyone else opened up much more quickly, which is I think part of the reason I was, I'm so feeling all of this dread because I worry about the second wave. Also, I'm sorry because I know I was just really negative. I've just been like doing a lot of contemplating lately. It's okay. Feel your feelings. I know, but I, I don't want this podcast to be a downer. So it'll yeah. go in waves. It will. So Things in New York right now, I feel like if I had to summarize for somebody who doesn't live here what it is like. So it was very scary in March and April, um, especially given that we had a lot of issues with hospital capacity. So not just the fact of getting the virus, but then, you know, the situation in the hospitals was incredibly And the shortage terrifying. of PPE mm-hmm. and also like the constant changing of direction. It was like, first it was like, don't wear face masks because you know, they need to be for health healthcare workers. Then it was like, everyone must wear a face mask. So I think there's been so much confusion. Yeah. So then coming into June and then July, um, things in New York have been getting way better in terms of daily new cases of the virus. And so I think at the peak, New York was having, New York State, not the city, was having 11,000 cases a day. And now we've been consistently under 1,000 and some days even under 500. Yeah. So things are very much improved from where they are. And so we're currently in phase three of reopening. So um, the first phase was like curbside pickup for stores and construction and like nothing that really affected yeah, phase one was kind people. of not really. Yeah. And then phase two was um, restaurants opened for outdoor dining and 
I don't remember what else was in phase two. I forget. The big thing was that we could go eat out at a restaurant outside. Yeah. Wearing masks, like being really careful. And then now we're in phase three. So now um, like hair salons and nail salons can be open. Um, I think more retail can be open, but we still cannot eat inside a restaurant. Yeah. And I will say that one thing that I think differs from our experience versus what I've read about other places in the country is that I think there is a attitude of people taking it more seriously because we've seen some shit like we saw how bad it was. So I don't really see a lot of problems with people not wearing masks where they should be like Whenever I go to the grocery store, everyone is wearing a mask. Like on a walk, if and if you're near anyone, they're wearing a mask. Like sometimes Always. I'll go walk in the park and when there's not many people around and it's like spread out, I'll yeah. see people without masks. But I feel like everyone is very conscientious. I agree. It's weird because when I did a Q&A, somebody asked me that question and I was like, everyone I see is wearing masks. And people in Prospect Park in, um, in Brooklyn and in the city were like, "This, that's not the case where I am. Oh, interesting. Which made me nervous. I mean, I, I definitely see groups of people sitting in the park yeah. and not wearing masks within their group. But However, that's the idea is you wear it to get there and then you get with your group that's like in the social distance because we have these little circles in the park that are all six feet away. So people go into their little circle and then they take their mask off and eat and drink with their friends. And then when they leave the circle, they put the mask back on. Yeah. So I feel like things are way better than they were in New York and we haven't seen a resurgence of cases yet. So to Grace's point earlier, like we are somewhat resuming activity cautiously. And in our highs, we said we went out to dinner twice in the past like 10 days. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're cautiously doing things. I don't think we're very mm-hmm. cautiously. And things are a lot like they're not op- also these outdoor spaces are very spaced out. Like when we were at Brooklyn Crab last night, like the next table was like 10 feet away. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to wear our mask anytime we interacted with the server, which I liked. Yeah. For sure. So I guess going into kind of like expectations, I know you were saying that you're experiencing a lot of dread because of the uncertainty and just how things are going in the rest of the country. Like, how did you think things would be this summer? Like, did you have plans that you had to cancel? Like, what is your expectations versus reality? Um, I've canceled a lot. So I had two press trips, one to Japan and one to St. Bart's. And obviously those both got canceled. They're both places I was dying to go. So those were, that was a real bummer. I would have probably planned like one to two trips to Cape Cod. I would have probably gone down to Charleston at least once every month. When I was, when quarantine started, I was dating somebody who lived in Charleston and that exploded rather quickly at the beginning of quarantine. So that was over. But like at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, this is great. I'm dating someone. I'm traveling a lot. Life is, everything is going so well. And then it kind of wasn't. And I kind of was really accepting of it. I think I was just like, well, I'm canceling these things. I'm going to have a summer at home. And I've been fine. Like I've really been fine until more recently. And it's just, it's mostly thinking about what it's going to be like if it's cold and we're quarantined. Because obviously, I don't think we'll be traveling anywhere for the rest of 2020. I don't know. Like, I had thought that I'd be able to maybe go see my parents in September, but as September gets closer, I don't think I will. I think it depends on the type of travel. Yeah. I mean, Charleston is airplane. Like, I'm not going to drive there. Yeah, but your parents have driven up north before. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I definitely thought that things would be – I guess what what is happening in New York matches my expectations, but what is happening in the rest of the country is surprising. And it makes me anxious because New York is such a travel hub 
And also, I I think I've said this on an episode, like I would say probably for me, like two thirds of the people I know left New York. Yeah. And went to stay with their parents, got an Airbnb somewhere to ride things out. Like most people I know left. So now I feel like if we, I don't think that two thirds of everyone in New York left, but, um, you know, two thirds of, of my friends did. And I think if you, extrapolate against that and then you know things are getting worse in places and then people are saying oh it's it's worse here now I'm going to come back to New York like I get worried that just because things are good in New York doesn't mean they'll stay good just because it's it's not like a firm moat around the city that's like yeah it's good you if you're here you stay here (laughs) I know and it's like there's all these new things coming out like more recently they're like we think that the virus might actually be airborne like and I, I was just like, great. Like, we just don't know. Yeah. So I, I think that it makes me nervous how things are in the rest of the country. But I think my expectation of what things would be like kind of matches in New York. Like, you know, the fact that the virus has gone down and we are able to do, cautiously do some things, definitely not resuming life as normal. Like, I don't know anyone who's going into an office. I don't know um, anyone who's like, traveling on an airplane or going anywhere outside of like a house that they've rented that's driving distance. Yeah. So I guess it kind of matches my expectation, but it it's scary because of it's not consistent across the country that yeah. we're on the downswing. I didn't really have any plans. I feel like I would have made plans, but I was when quarantine started, like I didn't really travel in January and February. And I was like trying to figure out things with rom-com pods before I made travel plans for the rest of the spring because I thought I was going to have to go to LA. So like I didn't really have anything on the books. Like the only thing was we originally were going to record rom-com pods in LA. So I would have been in LA at some point. And then our friend Ilana's wedding was supposed to be um, at the end of May. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't booked a flight yet. But, you know, those were the only two things I had to cancel. So I'm not necessarily experiencing the grief of like, broken plans. Yeah. But I I have said like I am feeling just itchy of, of staying. And last night we were talking where especially in New York because we don't have cars and because um it's like the very hot disgusting part of the summer. Like I do feel more housebound because during the day it is so hot and humid that I feel like I don't want to aimlessly walk around like unless I have an errand that I have to do I'm like staying home more so than I was in the spring when it was more temperate weather and it was like oh great I'm just gonna go for a walk or like yeah I don't mind the heat like I like I kind of like learned it a that bit. last night that you're a lizard person I like being warm I don't like being cold she was telling this why I'm like so nervous about being cold she was telling this story about needing to go for a 40 minute walk and for context, yesterday it was about 90 degrees and 100% humidity. And she was like, it was so nice. And I was like, Ooh. It was. I just felt like I like sweated just a little bit. I felt like it was, the sun was like helping my state of mind. Are you a person that doesn't sweat in workout classes? Yeah. You know that. <sighs> I don't sweat. I ran a marathon and I barely sweated. Right. I'm, I'm not saying this to brag. I just – You're a lizard person. Yeah. I'm also like very dry skinned and yeah – I don't really sweat. So when I that's why I have that infrared blanket. Like I love it to help me sweat more. Yeah. Or going to the sauna. I love the sauna. I like the sauna too. But I like the sauna and I like to have like a cool towel. Yeah, I'll have a cold towel when I do when I do mine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the context for our conversation. Let's take a quick ad break and then we have a ton of ideas we want to talk about about things to do this summer, 
quarantine activities, yeah. et cetera. So this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you're feeling like you're in a cooking rut, I cannot recommend HelloFresh highly enough. They do all the shopping and prep, so all you have to do is cook, eat, and enjoy. So there's something for everyone, and they have options for classic, low-calorie, family-friendly, or vegetarian every week. I've been in a weird place with meat lately. I just, like, don't want it. I'm definitely not a vegetarian. Like, when quarantine ends, like, I do think I still will want that nice big steak. I just have not wanted meat. So this time, I did veggie, and I've never done the veggie one before, and I was kind of nervous. I was like, what am I going to get? And it has been awesome. I made the mushroom tortilla melts two nights ago, and they came with, like, an apple salad, which was so yummy. That sounds awesome. It was so good. And you, like, caramelize onion and onion and mix in the mushrooms, and then you make this salad, and then you also make this crema with, like, spices, like Mexican spices and lemon juice. It was fantastic. I had leftover crema this morning, and I put it on an English muffin, which sounds so weird, but it was delightful. I'm drooling. That sounds so good. It was so good. And then tonight I am going to make the pasta parmesan. Yum. So I highly recommend the veggie one. Again, not a vegetarian. I always have to caveat that because then I'll get like a bunch of DMs being like, when did you go vegetarian? I'm not. Um, The other thing I love about HelloFresh is it saves you so much time. So I have been really busy this week as we finish the first draft script for rom-com pods, and it has saved me to get HelloFresh this week. So I didn't have to put any thought into meal planning. HelloFresh did the shopping for me. And all the recipes only take 20 or 30 minutes to cook. They're not hard. They're not time intensive. And as a bonus, I also got my all-time favorite HelloFresh recipe, the Gouda pork burgers, which are so delicious. Those have been one of my favorites. That was the first thing I made. I was so excited to get it this week. I always get so excited when I see it on the menu. They're so good. So to me, one of the biggest things I love is the pre-portioned ingredients. So like when I was making that crema, I didn't have to buy a giant tub of sour cream. It's all portioned out. So there's no food waste. And there's nothing worse than needing to buy that one condiment or herb for a recipe and then having all the rest go to waste. I know. So I know that we're all doing a lot more eating at home recently. And if you're running out of ideas, you should absolutely try HelloFresh. And we have an offer for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80BOP and use code 80BOP to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 80BOP and use code 80BOP to get $80 off your first box. That's such a good deal. Go do it. You're going to love it. So let's talk about activities. Yes. we. I feel like we've both gotten a lot of new hobbies during quarantine. I haven't really gotten that many new hobbies. I I feel like rom-com pods has been my main hobby. Yeah, your very expensive hobby. Yeah, I was I – was, somebody was asking me, they're like, do you consider it a job? And I was like, well, I'm paying to do it, so I guess it's a hobby. <laughs> Which is kind of the distinction. I'm like if somebody's paying really hard. If somebody's paying you, it's a job. And if you're paying, it's a hobby. So yeah. I guess it's a hobby. My blog was my hobby for the first couple of years I did it. Yeah. So I mean I guess that's been my my biggest hobby. But I have some other recommendations on hobbies that I think would be great. So the first thing that I would really like to recommend, and I think we're actually in prime time to pick this up as a hobby, is knitting. Because it always takes me a while to knit things. So I think if you started knitting now, you'd be in really good shape for fall to like, you know, like made a hat, made a scarf. Yeah, you're a a big knitter. I'm a big knitter. So I started knitting um, probably like two years ago, I think. And 
I did it on a whim. I saw an Instagram ad that I thought was for a scarf. And then when I clicked through, it turned out to be for a knitting kit. And I was like, oh, guess I got to knit it if I want it. It was too advanced. I couldn't. Oh. It wasn't like a beginner. Scarf. I feel like you're pretty advanced now. Yeah, but it had, um, I can't remember what it's called. It had like a braid, like cable work. It had like a braid in it. So it was like, I, I actually still have never done that. So it was like more intermediate to advanced than a beginner. Okay. Plain scarf. But it like, it sparked something. And I was like, oh, I like hobbies. I want to learn to knit. So um, the kit that I had clicked through was from this site called We Are Knitters. And I am obsessed with them. I have bought probably five or six kits. And it's really cool because I think that the designs are decently fashion forward relative to other knitting patterns I've seen. And the colors are really good that they have for yarn. And the yarn is all like very good quality. And so they send you the yarn that you need, the right size needles that you need, an instruction booklet. And then also they have videos online for all of the skills that you need. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like a knitting class in a box. And I don't find the prices to be unreasonable. There's not a huge markup relative to like going to the yarn store and buying things individually. Oh, that's nice. So that's where I got my sweater kit that I did earlier this year. It's where I got, I've done like a scarf from them. I've done all sorts of things. But um, right now I'm knitting one of my best friends just had a baby this week and I'm a little behind. So I bought a kit to knit this very cute baby blanket with a lot of color work in it. Oh, fun. So I'm knitting that right now. The problem with blankets is they're a little monotonous because it's like a bigger thing and it's just the same thing over and over. So I'm only like halfway through, but I'm telling myself that it's warm weather so the baby doesn't really need a blanket yet. Yeah. But I I cannot recommend knitting enough. I have found that knitting is really good for anxiety if I'm ever feeling anxious. And the other great thing is that it keeps me off my phone. Like it's something I can do while I'm watching TV, especially if it's TV I've seen before. Like if I'm just like casually watching something, but then it keeps my hands busy. So I'm not just like sitting there scrolling through Instagram. And then I like look up and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what happened. Yes, I know. I know that feeling. I often wish I had something to keep my hands busy while watching TV because I just like zone out on my phone. And especially if it's, there's no counting, like some knitting patterns you have to count, but like some of them, it's just straight across the same thing. And it's like, those are the ones that are so easy to just like zone out and watch TV, but my hands are busy. Yeah. So I find that to be really great. Should we just go back and forth? What's a, what's a hobby that you're bringing? Mine has been gardening. I, um, so I have a little patio, which I've said a million times. I feel like I'm that woman who's defined by her balcony. There was a funny TikTok, um, about like called like woman with a balcony. Oh, I didn't see it. Um, so, but I have, um, I've been doing a lot of outdoor gardening. I have a lot of indoor plants. I think I have like 13 plants inside my house, but I have six tomato plants, an eggplant, which has been the sleeper success. It's like got these ginormous, not ginormous, but quite large little mini eggplants growing off of it. Um, I have sunflowers. I have a jade plant. I have got a few different lavender plants um, growing cilantro. I just started growing catnip and like these random wildflowers that I had had found, but I'm worried that like all the things I started seedlings for are going to die because of this rain. Like there's just so much rain. Um, so we'll see. That's like kind of a science experiment, but it is so satisfying, like growing something and then eating that thing that you grew. I mean, first of all, you know, it's healthy because there's no chemicals on it. Do you find that your tomatoes are inferior or superior to grocery store tomatoes? Like the same. Okay. 
Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I've only eaten cherry tomatoes that I've grown so far. So I've had a bunch of my yellow cherry tomatoes were the first ones to harvest and they're delicious. But to be honest, I don't usually buy cherry tomatoes. And if I'm being even more honest, when I bought them, I didn't realize they were cherry tomatoes. It just said yellow tomatoes. But now they're your children. So you love them anyway. So I love them anyway. Um, And I eat them anyway, but you don't eat your children. I'm very, very excited about all of this. And then I in inside, I have an arrow garden, which is the easiest thing for anyone looking to get into gardening. So I've got fresh mint, fresh basil, Thai basil, dill, thyme, and curly parsley. And it's just so nice when you're going to cook something or make a salad or like, I, you know, I love my tomato and burrata. And just be like, oh, you know what? This needs some basil. And just pick it from your little garden. Also, random sidebar, I don't know if I've told you this. My niece, Zoe, Becca and Steve and Zoe have been coming over some weekends. And Zoe's favorite food is basil. What? So guys, as background, my niece like love asks for raw garlic, asks for onion. Like if my if my brother-in-law is like cooking dinner and she sees him slicing an onion, she like gets all excited and runs over and like wants to eat it. She has the strangest palate. She also likes all the other stuff that kids like, like cereal and cheese and everything, but she loves basil. So when she came over, I was like, oh, do you want to see auntie's basil plant? She sure did. And we like cut her off all these basil leaves and she was just eating them straight from the arrow garden. What a little weirdo. She's so weird. I love her. This is why she's my favorite human. Um, So that has been very funny. But there's just something so satisfying about like obviously I, I've always loved my house plants and things and some of my house plants I've had hit or miss experiences with but I'm on I'm doing well with them but there's something really fun about growing something you can eat well it's kind of the same thing with knitting like it's like you are doing an activity that actually has an output yes other than like I know to spoil like one of the things on your list is doing a puzzle but you know you're you're like cool now I'm gonna put it back in the box I know. I did that Frank Stella puzzle and I love it so much. But I I end up buying a frame because I'm going to frame it. Oh. But I had to take it apart because I wasn't going to just leave the puzzle out. Right. So it's like this – it was so hard because there were so many colors and curves and lines and I like worked so hard at it. And then what do you do with it? You take it apart and put it back in the box. (laughs) Right. So – yeah, I feel like it's a, a, a hobby with a tangible output is like very satisfying. Yes, I agree. I agree. Or like a long-term output. Although I guess you're eating your tomatoes. I don't know. Yeah, I do eat them. I don't know. Um, the other hobby I've picked up during quarantine is every morning I'm doing the New York Times crossword puzzle. I love this. I love it too. I feel like it makes me smarter. I feel like it – So I might start doing this too. I love it. I can only effectively do the crossword. I can only finish the crossword through like Wednesday, sometimes Thursday. Do you do it on your phone? Or? On my phone. Okay. Yeah. I used to have the app like years ago. I my love ex it. and I used to do it together. I love it. So we've spoken in other episodes of this podcast that I take about an hour to become human in the morning. Like I just am not – it doesn't matter what time I wake up. Like I am just not fully functioning for the first hour that I wake up. Yeah. Like I need to have my coffee. I need to – become human. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it used to be that I would just kind of fall into an Instagram hole or like scroll through articles online and like definitely could not account for that time. But now I do the crossword every morning. So I like have my coffee, do the crossword. And I feel like it is bettering myself. And then I'm like, I don't know. I feel like crossword 
skills is like very specific and not usable knowledge anywhere else. Yeah, but you're expanding your vocabulary. Not really. I feel like I you learn new words and things. Sometimes. Yeah. But it's it's so nice. It it like gives me a daily sense of accomplishment. And I also love doing the Sunday crossword puzzle, which I never can really finish. But, you know, it's like the big one and it's like a project to sit down on Sunday morning. I'm like, I'm going to do the crossword puzzle. I love that. I love it too. I I'm very into this as a routine. And I also feel like it helps me. Apparently, the theme of my hobbies is like keeping myself off my phone. Mm-hmm. Although even though this is on the phone, like I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. Like, yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Um, obsessively purging and organizing is my new hobby. I really love getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it gives me a lot of satisfaction. Just like, what I, are some examples of like the types of projects that you've organized and or purged? So last weekend during the fourth, I purged my bookshelves because I just had so much on all, I have three of those, like they're not from Design Within Reach, but they're like those floating bookshelves that Design Within Reach made famous. I have the Amazon version. I took every book off of the shelf. And if it was something that I just, because I have like those books that I've bought and I'm like, I'm going to read this someday. If I couldn't see myself reading it in the next six months, I um, gave it away. What's your policy on hanging on to books? Because you don't reread books. So how do you decide which books to keep that you've already read? If the author signed it, I keep it. A lot of times when we have authors on the podcast, I'll bring the like such a nerd. I'll bring the book and be like, "Will you sign this for me?" So I have copies like that. Or if I felt like it changed my life in some way, I I keep it. I don't hang on to a lot. Like recently, I have in five years because Rebecca Searle signed that for us. I did hang on to "Tell Me Lies" by Carola Levering because I feel like that has such a good message for women, like about like dating fuckboys. Um. I might, I don't, I think I'm at an age where I hopefully won't have to reread it again, but I'm just like saving it in case I have a friend that needs to read it. Um, I don't really hang on to books. I do hang on to nonfiction and like classics, like the Elena Ferrante books, My Brilliant Friend. I have those still because like they meant something to me. I've got like a bunch of Hemingway books and I will re- reread those because I just love his writing, but I, I'm pretty ruthless with my books. I don't like to hang on to them. Yeah, that's my policy. What's yours? Well, I mean, I have that whole bookshelf unit in my living room. So I have a lot more storage for books that is like decoration. Yeah. So I am generally more of a book hoarder that I keep a lot of things. I get rid of anything I don't like. So if I read it and I DNF it, I get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I I get rid of a lot of books that come through my apartment that are sent by publicists that I'm just not going to read. I like don't hang on to those. Oh, that was another project. I spent some time emailing publicists being like, please take me off like the the paperback romance series. Like, cause I feel like it's so wasteful, kind of like with beauty products when things just come in the mail that we'll never use. Well, kind of. And I, I will follow up with this after I tell you about my other, my like book theory. But I like to hang on to any book that I loved. I kind of use my, well, not during quarantine, but like I, anytime anyone comes over, I feel like my bookshelves are like a centerpiece of my apartment and people are always like, you know, looking, I, it's like so revealing to look at somebody's bookshelves and I'm always like, take whatever you want. Yeah. So it's kind of like a lending library or not even a lending. It's like, just take it. Oh, so I like, I like having all of my favorite books and then, you know, I'm not precious about them. So you can take it if you want to read it. I like passing books along and I like 
Yeah. When somebody reads something that I loved. So I feel like I keep anything I like until somebody takes it, but I wouldn't like get rid of it without passing it on, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite ways to get rid of a book is to give it to a friend. Like I just gave Patsy to Nicolette Mason and next week I'm going to mail Olivia Mentor um, one to watch. Oh. Because she was saying she wanted to read it. I was like, I'll give, I'll give it to you. Um, but the other thing and, and when you were saying about being wasteful is that – did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Do you remember when they have that joke, if they put anything outside on the street in the triangle, like it will disappear by the time they turn around? Oh, yeah. Same. I and, put stuff in the street all the time. Yeah. So it's not – so the alternative is throwing them out. Like I feel like I will put books out on the street and they are gone so fast. So I feel like they're – I hope they're getting a good home. I don't know who's taking them or – what they're doing with them, but oh yeah, I put like a whole box of housewares out there the other day, and I literally was going. Then I went in out and I took my trash out, and the time it took me to take my trash out, all the, the housewares were gone. It was just like random glasses and things. I was like, this is magical. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. like the borough neighborhood recycling system. Yeah. Uh, have you purged or organized anything else? Yes, I did my jewelry box more recently. I sent my aunt like so much um, because she loves Julie Voss and I just had a lot of – I still love Julie Voss, but I had like an excess and so I gave that to her Um, and I give a lot of my old jewelry, like a lot of the old bobble bar stuff, not earrings, but like bracelets to Zoe because Zoe's my niece. She is a baby who loves accessories. So Zoe always has an arm party and it's only on her left arm. Like she has a watch. She loves my watch. She takes my, she like reaches for my, my Rolex watch every time she sees it. She's so funny. And she's just like stacks them up. So in my house, she has a toy box and she also has a jewelry box. And the first thing she always does when she comes over is opens up the jewelry box and puts on like six bracelets, at least six. She loves it. So that's been, that's fun. I, I definitely gave a lot of jewelry to Zoe. Um, I clean my closet every month just because I like write about fashion as part of my job. So I do have a lot of clothes and I find that I really need to purge like every month. So I don't have any other new hobbies that I've picked up during quarantine, but I will say that I feel like I've observed everyone I know on Instagram getting into needlepoint. Yes. My aunt was really into needlepoint and I'm but I don't want the output. Like that's the problem. Mm. I think some of the stuff I've seen framed ones or I've seen pillows that are so cute. I think my problem with needlepoint is that um I don't think my vision's quite good enough. That could be a problem for me as well. Um where I feel like it would be straining more than relaxing. Would you get reading glasses? Then you'd be like I a real glasses. old lady. I have glasses, but I only really use them if I'm like, well, if you're driving at night, I rarely drive, but like driving at night, I need glasses. And then um, sometimes if I'm really tired and I've been looking at a computer for like 12 hours, yeah, I'll wear glasses. Oh, I have another one. What? I've been really into learning about orange wine, which you've kind of like been along for part of that I've too. I've been a beneficiary. I haven't learned anything. Because every time Becca comes down, I'm like, she's like, what are you drinking? And I'm like, another orange wine. Um, I have a post on my blog and I update it every time I try a new one. But it's been fun learning more about skin contact wines. I also have a book all about skin contact wines. So I've been reading that. Um, I feel like I've been trying to have like one new thing every month that I like read up on or learn, whether it's like Art like I I bought a bunch of books by fashion photographers like Arthur Elgort and um, 
who's the other one, um, Norman Parkinson. So I've been like trying to learn more about their lives and like what inspired them and like get really familiar with their work. Orange wine was last month's obsession. And it's fun to just feel like I'm like getting a little bit smarter during quarantine. (laughs) Like even if it's like weird, useless information, like, but I like to think that if I go to a, um, a restaurant someday and we're looking at the wine list, I'll know a little bit more about skin contact wines. The other thing um, that I thought about and I didn't do is um, taking an online class. I want to sign up for masterclass. Oh, I've looked at that. I um, I think that sounds really cool. I would love to hear what you think about it if you do it. Yeah. There are some really cool ones on screenwriting and kind of I think that would be like really interesting to me surrounding yeah. rom-com pod. So I've looked at it. I just I don't feel like I have the time to do it. But um. I looked into online classes and I don't know, maybe somebody will recommend one. I, I'm kind of weighing the fact that I, I have a lot going on, so I don't know that I have the time to commit to something. But last month I was, you know, reading, I feel like as everyone was talking about Black Lives Matter and talking about racism, um, I just realized the extent to which my high school history education was so Eurocentric mm-hmm. and the fact that I do not know anything about African history, specifically in Africa, outside of colonialism. So like told through a white lens. And so I was looking, I was like, I think it would be very interesting to take an African history class about not African Americans, but about the continent of Africa, you know, outside of colonialism, like the local culture, not like the destruction of local culture. I love that. So I was looking into it and... um. I couldn't really find one that um, was online that like made sense mm-hmm. for me as somebody who's like a um, like hobby hobbyist, not a actual student not looking a scholar. for credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I like the idea of taking a or class. maybe there's like a good nonfiction history book you could read. Yeah, that would be interesting too. Although I feel like I would like a lecture component of like hearing about it from a yeah. professor who has studied multiple sources. Anyway, yeah. um, but I think taking an online class would be really cool. Or even the um, the lighter version of that is I know both Megan Donovan and Carly have both been really avid um, Duolingoers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so even just like learning a language on your phone, not through like a class. Like I think – I don't know. I – and I'll talk about this later, too, with one of my other suggestions. But um, I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, there was very much a lot of memes or quotes online about not feeling pressure to do anything, to create anything, to, like, give yourself grace during this time because it's so unprecedented. Mm-hmm. But the longer it's gone on, and not to pressure you that if you – don't have focus or energy that you should feel bad about not doing it. But I'm just finding myself being like, I feel like it's like in addition to watching a lot of TV, which I'm also certainly doing, I kind of now that it's been four months, I'm like, I kind of want something to not show for it. But like, you know, I feel like I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to have a life Mm -hmm. inside, you know, having a life by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so depressing. But do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. For me, it's been like fi- like learning new things. Yeah. But yeah. So another suggestion we have for a summer activity, which is very on brand for this podcast and shouldn't be a surprise to you, is I think this is the perfect time to get addicted to a book series. Yes. I 
obviously, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably read like books are so transportive to me. And like the amount of time that can go by without me noticing while I'm reading a book is like a good book. You know, you're just like sucked in. So I feel like this is the perfect time to get like super into something. So should I give, should we go back and forth or should I do it? Let's go back and forth. Okay. So I think this is the perfect time for our listeners, or I haven't convinced you on this yet, but I'm, I would love it if you got into this is to read Sarah J. Moss. So she's on my list. I just don't know if I can commit. It's a big commitment. And that's why I think that it would be really great if you are like staring at a lot of free time right now. So Sarah J. Moss wrote the Throne of Glass series, which is seven books, and the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is three books. And there's a new book coming in January of 2021. And they're, um, fantasy books yeah they're they're not sci-fi they're like fantasy books that are like epic adventure it it feels a little game of thronesy okay um not set in like the same medieval place but yeah it feels game of thronesy both of them like different worlds mm-hmm. um these are the books that i was reading i read of court of thorns and R- roses in january and i read throne of glass last fall I was so addicted to both series. Like I specifically remember with Throne of Glass that we were touring for live shows. Yeah. And I remember being in Dallas and I remember being so addicted to these books. And it was like, we have a show. I have work that I have to do. And all I can do is just like stay up too late and just like mainline these books. Just like read them. I was so addicted to both of these series. Yeah. Um, And both of these series, so the books – I think at the beginning of Throne of Glass, like the first book's probably 600 pages. By the end, they're 1,000 pages. Like it is a lot of material, but I will say that it stays good. So you know how some series you read and like by like a few books in, you're like, well, I'm going to keep reading because I want to know what happens, but like this has gotten way less good. Yeah. It's not like that. It stays good throughout. So I'm not even like a fantasy type reader. Like this isn't something that I would say is my norm and I loved these. So I think like getting lost in one of these series would be such a distraction right now. I'm jealous. Yeah. My series that I'm going to tell you all to read is what we found in the podcast on, which is The Selection. Oh my God. I would die to have The Selection to read right now. So this is about, it's also fantasy set in a dystopian future, but it's more realistic. Um, And Basically, it's like Hunger Games meets The Bachelor, and um, there's like this competition to win the the heart of the prince and become the next princess of the kingdom, and it's so good. There's five books, but we didn't, neither of us read the fourth or the fifth because they were about their kids. Yeah, um, I've we heard just they're read not the first good. three. Yeah. Okay, so another series. I don't know that we can officially consider a series because it's only two books, but I'm I'm going to my podcast, my rules. So um, The Royal We, and um, they just released the second book, which is called The Air Affair, and it just came out last week. It's so cute. So cute. So this was a book that we picked for the podcast book club in the first year that we had it. So there is a podcast around it. The Royal We is probably like three or four years old. It is basically Kate Middleton and Prince William fan fiction. The characters are named Nick and Bex, but it's basically like a regular woman falls in love with the Prince of England. And 
I could care less about the royals, but I love these books, love these characters. So um, it is very, very fun. I feel like the first book is like kind of an imaginary retelling of like Kate and Will. The mm-hmm. second book definitely like veers off and like has some new stories that I do not think are thinly veiled or like based on them. Yeah. Love these books. If you are a royal enthusiast, cannot recommend them enough. And there's a new book, so it's like probably something that maybe a lot of people haven't read yet. Yeah. Um, also, the Thousandth Floor books are wonderful. Oh, my God. I was so upset when Catherine McGee, who's the author, when she came on the podcast, she said that it didn't really feel like those books like found their niche because they were too sci-fi for YA fans and too YA for sci-fi fans. But that is one of my sci-fi. favorite series. Yes. And it's like the genre is quite simple. It's Gossip Girl in the Future. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to give any more description of that book or just Gossip Girl set in the future, is it? Yeah. I mean, if you're curious, like there's tons of information online, but it's wonderful. We have a book club on it. Yeah, we have a book club. Um, It's so good. It basically starts with, so the New York City has been, all the major cities have been turned into these towers that are like a thousand floors. And the book opens where a girl falls off the tower and dies. And it's like kind of a little bit of a mystery, too. Um, so it's like that teen, rich teen drama plus mystery. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. The other thing that I think would be really fun, I've been reading a lot of romance during quarantine. And I know Elizabeth Azevedo said that she's been reading a lot of romance too. I also have a lot of friends who have been reading a lot of romance. I feel like my book appetite has been for like more fluffy things just because the world is really serious right now that like my pleasure reading has just been lighter. So I think that reading Jasmine Guillory's books, if you have not already, this would be the perfect time. There's five of them, and they are all loosely interconnected in that they're in the same universe, so characters will pop up between them, um, but they are not necessarily interdependent, so you don't need to read them in order to know what's happening. But the first one is The Wedding Date, and the most recent one is Party of Two, and I think those two are my favorites, Okay, the bookends of those. Um, but they're all – Jasmine Guillory is black, and they all have um, black leads. And um, some of them are quite steamy. Very steamy. I love I love her writing. Um, but they're great. They're mostly set in L.A. and in the Bay Area. And she just writes such good characters that actually – you know how sometimes when you read a romance and you're like, who is this girl? Yeah. You're like – she does not seem like anyone I know. These characters all feel like people, real contemporary people. Like, I feel like in um, British rom-coms especially, like, it's all these girls, and I love British rom-coms, don't get me wrong. It's all these girls who's like, their life is just like a total mess, and they're like, it's like their life is imploded. And I'm like, how did you get to this point? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like Jasmine Guillory's characters are all like strong women and I don't know. They just feel like women that we know. Mm-hmm. I agree. So highly recommend. Yeah. What other series do you have to recommend? I think that's it for books. Okay. Yeah. Another thing that I have found very enjoyable at points during quarantine, I will be honest that my pleasure from this has waned over time. I've been very into learning how to cook new things. I've been very into project cooking. At the beginning of quarantine, I pulled every cookbook I own off the shelf. 
and made a huge pile and sat with them on a Saturday morning with a cup of coffee and went through every cookbook and flagged recipes that I had never made because I was like, that seems hard. And I was like, well, now you got a lot of time. (laughs) And so I flagged all of these recipes that had felt like things that I was like, I'll make these someday. And I was like, someday is now. That's great. So I, I flagged a bunch of things and I really do feel like I have cooked so many new things and improved my cooking skills during quarantine. Like one of my favorite things to eat at a tapas restaurant is tortilla. I never made it. I was like, I'm going to learn to make tortilla. Um, I learned to make a lot of different um, Asian recipes that I had never made at home that I'd usually gotten from takeout. Um, what else have I learned to make? I learned how to cook salmon at home, which was something that I wasn't comfortable with before quarantine, to be honest with you. That's really? kind of a silly one. but It's so basic. I don't know. I never cooked salmon at home before quarantine. Yeah, so easy and so good. So I'm so obsessed with you. it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, but I feel like I've really enjoyed project cooking and like taking recipes that I would usually find to be out of my league and being like, fuck it. I'm going to learn to do this. Have you yeah. done any like learning cooking or project cooking during quarantine? Yeah, I did a lot of – I made bread. I made flatbread. I did – Um, I was making dips a lot. Um, it, I'm real overcooking right now. Um, also in the summer, I tend to just want salad. Mm. Like I basically just want to eat like a big plate of veggies and like some burrata. Like it's not all healthy. I'm still snacking a ton. I've been baking like cookies and things and ice cream. I make ice cream. What else do I do? Yeah. I just don't really crave really rich, like more like projecty types of things this time of weather. I think in the winter, like, I make a lot of soup. I love making soup. I love making, like, really rich vegan soups using nuts as the base. Um, So, yeah. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with knitting or with gardening where it's, like, a hobby with an output. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's super satisfying to not just cook something but also to feel like I've learned a skill that I can, like, apply in the future. Yeah, I agree. So last suggestions that we wanted to give are some TV suggestions if you need a new show. I feel like I, throughout quarantine, have needed to consistently have a show that I'm like into so that I don't have to like sit down and be like, okay, now I have to find something to watch. It's like, I'm watching a series. Yeah. So um, I have four recommendations that I think I've either watched during quarantine or I think would be good quarantine watches if you're looking for something. Okay. The first thing is The West Wing. Love The West Wing. I am a diehard West Wing fan. And I feel like it is extra comforting in current political times to just watch Jed Bartlett be the president and be wonderful. He, he's so great. I agree so much on the show. I. It's also there's a lot of episodes, which I appreciate. The first time I watched it, I stopped after Rob Lowe left because I was so upset. But the show stays great. Like even the Jimmy Schmidt seasons are great. Yeah. So I think that would be great if you've never watched it. It's also old, and I usually do not like old TV, but it is aged super well. Okay. Second thing I have is Homeland. So I watched Homeland in real time all the way through. It just ended, so I finished watching it in quarantine. Um, Nobody I know has stuck with this show except for my friend Maxie and my friend Molly. Nobody kept watching it. And I will admit it went through a rocky part in the middle But the last season is so good. So I just want everyone to be there with me. 
in terms of I like I feel like it's slept on because it got bad for a minute and now it's great again. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's over. The next thing that I watched during this is what I watched during quarantine. I rewatched Scandal. It holds up. It is so good. I love Scandal. I love Scandal. I love Olivia Pope. I love I'm team Jake. I'm not team Fitz. I'm definitely team Jake. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Scandal. If you haven't watched it, it's like soapy and ridiculous. It's like, is it a good show? No, probably not. Is it a great show? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much. The other thing which I know you have not watched is Schitt's Creek. Oh, no. I've watched two and a half seasons of it and I hate it. I'm the only Ah! person I know that hates Schitt's Creek. I think it's terrible. It gives me anxiety because I just feel like I'm getting dumber watching it. It's the worst show. No, it's not. It's so good. I I don't understand why everyone loves this show so much. Please, listeners, if you hate this show too, come to the face group and vent with me because I think it's awful. Ew. Everyone I know loves it. I feel like I'm the only person that hated it. It's so good. I feel like the same way that I feel about the royal we, where it's just like they're characters that I love that I would watch move around in space for forever. They don't need to be doing anything. Like, I just love the characters. I feel the same way about Shit's Creek, where I just like, I love these characters so much. And they make me so happy. And I always laugh out loud at the show. I find them all so unlikable. I will say that I feel like similar to Parks and Rec, the first season is only okay and like you have to get into it and then the second season and beyond are like way better, but it is so good. I can't believe you watched two and a half seasons and you didn't get hooked. I I suffered through the first season because everyone said that it would get better. Second season still didn't like it. I do like Eugene Levy as a actor. I think he's great. I just think the kids are so annoying. The mom is annoying. I don't like it. Let's battle it out in the Facebook group. I think I hope more people I are going to be on my side. I already know that nobody's going to be on my side. I can't find anyone who hates it. Well, I thought the same thing about my controversial opinion about where the crawdads sing. And I, when <laughs> I expressed that, I had so many people come out of the woodwork to say like, Oh my god, me too. Maybe I'll find some 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 people that agree with me. It's well, fine if they don't. Like I'm not saying this and if you guys like this show, that's okay. Like I don't mean to poo-poo anyone's opinions. It's just not for me. Well, what are your TV binge watch recommendations? So I rewatched White Collar, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. I've never watched that. Oh, it's so good. So Matt Bomer plays a con man with a heart of gold. um, And there's like this really great dynamic between him and the cop that caught him because what happens is that he gets arrested and goes to work for the FBI. And so he's like, you know, knows all the inside stuff. It's kind of like the blacklist in that way where the criminal goes and works for the FBI. And there's like these great relationships that form out of it. Grace, I finally had to stop watching the blacklist. We, I feel like we were the only two and I – I tapped out. Oh, I might pick it back up this weekend. I've got like five episodes left. I couldn't do it. Um, My other one would be Younger, which is – Oh, my God. Yes. I loved Younger, one of my favorite shows ever. Um, I rewatched Gossip Girl, which is a classic. Oh, that might be a good rewatch that I hit after I'm – I'm watching New Girl right now, which does not hold up that well, but is still very funny. I really haven't watched much TV at all in the past month and a half because I've been outside a lot at Mm -hmm. night. Like I sit out there and I read and I drink my wine or I am like working on something. But I I will say that a show that I love that just came back is The Politician. Oh my God. It's so good. There's not as much to binge because there's only two seasons. seasons, But I had to include that because it's one of my favorite shows. I loved it. We talked about this, but I think the second season is better than the first. Yes, it absolutely is. 
I would say that. And then not a um, not something to binge, but if you haven't watched Hollywood yet, like what are you even doing? The first episode was a little slow and it gets so good. And by the end, like I just wanted to cry. Or the other show that came out during quarantine that I have loved is um, Never Have I Ever. Yes, that was a really good one. Oh my too. God, it's so funny. It's Mindy Kaling. So it's like sitcom humor. It's so good. Yes. So that sums up our recommendations of what we have for you to entertain yourself in a summer that we are probably all stuck indoors more than we might wish. Yes. Um, but we have some some end matter. Yeah. Let's talk Instagram faves. So I have two this week. I'm bringing Tanika underscore NYC lifestyle, and it's T-A-N-I-K-A. I just really love her feed. She has a beautiful home. I think she lives in Spanish Harlem. Um, she's got great colorful style. She's always like really positive and has great captions. And I really have enjoyed following her. I'm pulling her up. I've never um, heard of her before. My other one is like a, a funny account and it's called Chad Tuckett. And it's Ooh. just making fun of all the Chads of the world. And being from Cape Cod and like experiencing all of those preppy guys who – None of those types of people actually live there. They're all the tourists that come and visit for the summer. Like, I fully enjoyed that mockery. I think I need to follow this. I yeah. also need to send it to my friends. I think that um, I know a lot of people who would appreciate this. Yeah. I just want to stress that these are not what people who are from Cape Cod are like. These are the tourists or the summer people. The bio is, Chad, a trust fund bearing, pastel wearing, Sunday scaries in his sperries, vodka drinking, dad's Yacht sinking, preppy for short. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a Chad. Yeah. I cannot remember if I talked about this already, but if I have, it is worth recommending again. So my Instagram obsession is King Gutter Baby. Have I talked about this? No. Okay. So I got this recommendation. Ashley Spivey talks about her all the time. And then um, one of our listeners recommended her. They were like, you should have her on the podcast. And um, I started following her, and I am obsessed. So she is a I, – I can't remember if she's an epidemiologist or – she's a virus researcher, basically. So she works in a scientific field. She works at Emory Hospital in Atlanta, and um, she is very knowledgeable about the science behind viruses. Mm -hmm. So I feel like she is an informed person, but she's also, like, cool in her 30s. She's, like, rides motorcycles. She's – she seems very cool. Like, it's not like love to Dr. Fauci, but like, he's not somebody that I'm like, he's somebody that I relate to. I don't know. So um, anyway, she does these um, talks on her Instagram story, usually a couple times a week, and breaks down news around coronavirus and developments. And she is so thoughtful and I learn so much from her. Like, I feel as though she's a really great filter for news in terms of both like what's real and what's not like myth busting. And then also in terms of like interpreting what is going on. Like I know last week she gave, she had a, a whole two sets of stories on schools reopening and like what are the thoughts and considerations there and like how she felt about recommendations. I just feel like she's a reputable source for virus news who knows what she's talking about. And I like found her invaluable. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm so into her. Then on the non-Instagram obsessions front, do you have a meat thermometer? 
Yeah, of course. Like a digital meat thermometer? Yeah. Okay. It's not new, but it is something that I have used so much during quarantine and all of my cooking. Yeah. Um, a boyfriend made me get one, and now I use it. But it's the I best. Didn't, it wasn't something I found on got bought it's on my own. It's the best. I have one. It's from OXO. It yeah. was probably ten bucks. Like it's super cheap, and it has you know a button, so it's not like a thermometer where you have to read the yeah um, level. Like it like has a digital output, and it is so. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't have mercury inside yeah. it. <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh. Like, who who uses non-digital thermometers anymore? No, there's tons of um, non-digital food thermometers that have, like, a dial. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, like, a prevalent thing. I was thinking of, like, the one with the mercury, like, that rises and you, like, look at it. Oh, no. It's, like, (laughs) a – I don't know how the other one works, but it's, like – Okay. It has a flat dial on the top. Yes. I remember those now. Yeah. Um. It has been one of the best things for my cooking adventures this quarantine. This quarantine is if there's going to be like a quarantine. next quarantine. And the next quarantine. Um, oh, God. Because I feel like especially if I'm cooking things that I haven't cooked before and I do not necessarily have like a full grasp on time, I will say our stoves and ovens are like very – they're not They're not new. Right. They're like not reliable whatsoever. Um, like my stovetop runs super fucking hot. Mine does too. So I feel like sometimes cooking times on recipes are not necessarily the best gauge. And so having a thermometer to be able to go by temperature instead of by time has been so useful. And I was thinking last night when I was like making the outline, I had just used mine and I was like, I've never talked about this on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. like such a great $10 lifesaver. Yeah. What's yours? So our local one of our local um, flower shops, which is Fox Fodder Farm. Um, It was really sad because they had only been open like a couple months before quarantine happened. And I had a whole ritual. I would go there after going to Skyting and then walk home. And they um, actually launched a flower subscription. So every – I did four weeks of it. And every Friday I go and I take a little walk down there and pick up my flowers for the week and they're just beautiful like they have really unique special flowers like and they're always something that you didn't know about like I got this giant bouquet of wildflowers for my dining table and then I have these really beautiful like tall flowers I don't even know what they are but they look incredible next to my bed so I mean I buy myself fresh flowers every week and this has been a fun way to do that and then the other one I have is um, an artist. She is called Betsy Enzensberger, E-N-Z-E-N-S-B-E-R-G-E-R. And she has the most wonderful art. It all looks like melted popsicles. Oh, I saw this on your Instagram. Yeah. So I got this rainbow popsicle that looks like it's melted into a pool of rainbow. And it's all resin. It's pretty small. She has some much larger pieces too. But her Instagram is awesome to follow. And I really like supporting small up-and-coming artists and was excited to buy one of her little sculptures. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. She's really talented. What about reading? What have you been reading this week? Reading? I um, So what did I read? I read Lakewood by Megan Giddings, and this was super upsetting. It was about um, – it was set in modern day, but it was all about – This girl who her family went through a lot. Her grandmother died and her mother has all these medical bills. So she accepts this kind of mysterious sounding job where she basically volunteers 
to be the subject of government testing. And it brought up this whole thing that I need to spend more time researching is that back in like the, I don't know, like the 60s, there like a, there was a lot of government experimentation on black bodies. Interesting. Also, just the subject of medical testing in general is really fucked up. It's really sad and interesting to read about in terms of both gender disparity, where a lot of medical research is done on male college students because they're like looking for money. Yeah. So a lot of it wasn't until like 2018, maybe that it was required that there be an equal number of women included. So also a lot of medical research is biased against women and because there are no women in the study. So for instance, like, do you remember, I feel like it was kind of a trope in the early 2000s where like people were taking Ambien and they wouldn't remember things and they were like online shopping or like yeah, yeah. doing things. Well, a lot of that was because the me- the original medical research that was done on Ambien was all done on men. So the dosage information was completely wrong for women. Oh, and so women were taking like not the right amount or like it was being processed different in their bodies. And oh, wow. like that's why that was happening. Well, or even like medical research on heart attacks in women is like the classic symptoms of a heart attack are male symptoms. And the symptoms that women experience when they have heart attacks is usually not tingling in your left arm. Interesting. So – well, this book has nothing to do with that. No, but I, but I think it's interesting just like medical, the subject of medical research in general. Yeah. So I I would be interested in that. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a thriller. It's just quite terrifying. Then I read The Air Affair by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, um, which I highly recommend. It was like being reunited with old friends. Um, and then I'm listening to Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which I can't recommend enough. I love him. I love his accent. He reads it. Um, it's fantastic. It's all about, you know, growing up in, in South Africa during the apartheid. Um, and it's like great because it's, it deals with heavy and light and he is very witty and clever and tells like really funny stories from his childhood along with more meaningful stuff. And then I'm reading Homegoing by Yad Jossi and that is harder to read. It's, I think I've been reading a lot of really heavy stuff lately. Um, and it's, beautifully written. Becca's talked about it before. I loved it. I found it unputdownable. It's very good. It's just very sad. And it's like every chapter is about a different generation. And you don't really get to bond with the character as much because it moves on after one chapter. But it feels like I'm in a part right now where something terrible happens to every single character. And I just feel like piled on because I I get so invested in one character and something terrible happens to them and then it switches to a new character in the next generation and something terrible happens to them and it's just really upsetting. Oh, interesting. I feel like we're having very different experiences of the same book. I still like it's beautifully written and it's it's very literary and it's like a great book, but I think it's it's been a little hard to read. Interesting. Okay. Well, I've been only reading light things this past week. So I um, was reading Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory last week, which I finished. And I can now confidently say that I think it is my favorite of her book so far. Loved it. Um, Then over the weekend, I read Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan. So that is his new book that just came out two weeks ago. And it is by the author of Crazy Rich Asians, which we know that Grace did not like, but I loved. Um, 
And it is very much his style of writing. Like it is the same name droppy, like ultra rich people. This one is actually set partially in Capri in Italy and then partially in New York City. So it is not set in Hong Kong and Singapore, but it does have Asian characters. And um, I, I just thought it was such a treat. This one is it's pretty short, actually. It is printed on the thickest paper I've ever encountered in a book. Oh, weird. So it looks very big, but it's only like 280 pages, maybe. Um, I flew through it. I read it in like last weekend in two days. And I just it was like such an enjoyable. It felt like a vacation on my couch. So I loved that. And then I started reading Older by Pamela Redmond, which is the sequel to Younger. I did not realize until this book that Younger was based off of a book, the TV show. Um, and you read this a couple weeks ago, and I was so jealous that I was like, I need to read this next because it's great. I felt like book jealousy where I was like, Grace has read this and I haven't. Mm-hmm. So I am um, about halfway through that, and I am so enjoying it. And also, I'm specifically enjoying that this takes place after the TV series does. So in this um, book, Liza is 50. So it covers new ground and it isn't like giving an alternate timeline or like rehashing things that already happened on the show, which I really enjoyed. And it's kind of meta because they're making the TV show. It's on in the book. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. And it's been such a fast read. So um, I've been reading a lot of fluff. And then I'm still listening to How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. And I will be totally honest that I have very much slowed down on reading that, not because it's good, but because I um, am listening to it and I usually listen on my walks. And I just have not been walking as much because it's been so hot here. So I think I need to get into a habit of I like to do chores while I listen to audiobooks. Like I was going to say part of my purging. doing chores or cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Or do a puzzle. I don't have any puzzles. Oh, maybe get one. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and if none of those books appeal to you, we have our book club coming up in two weeks. And we are going to be reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which I feel like has been so highly recommended both across the internet and by all of you. And I I have not read it yet, but Grace has, and I am so excited to read it. It's one of the best books I read all year. So in this book, it's about two twin sisters growing up in the Jim Crow era South in the 50s. And what happens is they're 16 years old and they run away to, uh, together to New Orleans. And then from there, their lives just go in totally different directions. One of them ends up moving back home, her daughter, because she has a baby. The other one passes for white and goes on to abandon her whole backstory and lead a completely different life, lying to a white man and getting married to him and raising a white daughter. It's it's great. And the book follows them all the way from the 50s through the 90s and also talks a lot about their daughters, and um, I can't recommend it enough. So check that out, and we'll be talking about it the last Wednesday of July. And in the meantime, if you would like more of us, or if you hate Shit's Creek and you're wrong and you want to talk about that with Grace, you can come to our Facebook group where we mostly talk about books, but apparently also sometimes controversial opinions. And we are on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. 
And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And my other podcast is Rom-Com Pods. And the final episode of the first season just aired this week. So if you haven't caught up, go catch up. And I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And my blog is thestripe.com. I post there every single day. And we'll see you next week for an interview with Amina Tussauds and Anne Friedman from the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. Yes. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.